0: Welcome to another episode of the Jess Blog Baby Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Park, and joining me as always is the editor-in-chief of Just Blog Baby, Nick Jeltness, and our resident Twitter guru, Ryan Lopes. But today we have a special guest. You might know him from Twitter as Primetime Ryan. Thanks for coming on the show, homie. It's good having you today. It was good. It was good. Thanks for having me, fellas.
1: We had to bring in our own uh, chain-snatching expert to, <laughs> to to break down <laughs> the some founder. of the, uh, the discussion here. The
2: founder of the hey, chain man. gang, man. This dude is what's up.
1: Chains out for Crabtree.
2: No,
3: I was just going to say, I try, you know, and, and educate the masses when I can because, you know... It's, it's an important subject and it gets swept under the rug
1: so it is yeah not enough people you know know about it you know it's not something that that I recall learning in school but i think it's i think it's important
3: absolutely it definitely should be implemented into the the curriculum but that's neither here nor there that's, that's what, that's <laughs>
1: So I'm going to start out Ryan with asking you a question here um something that we've asked the last couple of guests that we've had. Uh I know that you're quite vocal about your ties to both Houston and to uh, and to New Orleans. So how is it that you uh came to be a Raiders fan?
3: Uh yeah, well, um again, born and raised in Houston. Um if you follow me on Twitter, you know that. Um I hope at least, you know, I try and and rep and put on for my city. Um, but my both of my parents are
0: actually from um, small town called Lake Charles, Louisiana. Dude, that's where my that's where that's where my family's from. That's where my pops is no from. No shit. Yeah, and no I grew, up, oh, I grew really? up in Houston too, actually. Oh, bet, bet. Yeah. No, but go ahead, go yeah, ahead. Here we
2: go, man. Just plug baby, bringing bringing family together. Dude.
3: Go yeah. ahead, go
0: ahead. <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt you. Right, cuz you know, I start
3: you you know how you know how we are in Louisiana, we start asking last names and like mm-hmm. where you from and who your people are. Yeah, so yeah. we could be cousins, but uh <laughs> yeah, so I uh so I, I have ties to both states and um of course I I did uh go and graduate from LSU, which is in Baton Rouge, so uh that was a blast, but uh, my dad is actually the reason that I'm a Raiders fan because growing up he was a Raiders fan he's a a kid of the 70s and so you know Jack Tatum and Cliff Branch and all of those guys were people that you know he kind of looked up to and then even you know as it rolled on into the early 80s and Marcus Allen and Howie Long and uh you know just going forward both uh Bo Jackson, Tim Brown so I think between that And him just kind of falling in love with the image and the kind of, you know, badass essence that comes with being a a, a Raiders fan. Um, It's just something that stuck with him. So when I came along in the late 80s, you know, I was surrounded by just Raiders paraphernalia, jackets, T-shirts, hats. You know, I've been wearing, literally been wearing Raiders beanies since I was about, you know, one and a half. Um, you can find little pictures of me in the oshkosh get up with the Raiders <laughs> being to set it off. So, uh, so yeah, man, it's just something that's kind of ingrained in me. I was kind of, you know, born a Raider. And, uh, you know, as you, you get older and, you know, everybody kind of has that rite of passage where you fall in love with the sport of football and you're trying to figure out, you know, what team you want to go for and, you know, around that time, as I was coming of age, Houston didn't have a team. You know, the Oilers obviously packed up and moved to Tennessee and uh, became the Titans. And so I, I damn sure wasn't trying to mess with the Cowboys. Uh, you know, I love Dion, but Cowboys wasn't my thing. So, you know, I already had all the Raiders gear and it just made sense. So that's been my team, you know, for as long as I can remember.
2: The rest is history, as they say, right?
3: Absolutely.
2: Yeah, so check it out. So speaking of New Orleans, man, uh, rumor has it you you were in attendance week one Raiders Saints. Can you can you give us, uh, you know, just a rundown and breakdown of what the uh, you know, I mean, what the what the experience was like, uh, what, you know, the the ratio of Saints fans, Raiders fans just just kind of give us kind of bring us bring us back to week one.
3: Yeah, man, the atmosphere is crazy. And the thing about New Orleans is New Orleans is almost kind of its own little separate state from the rest of Louisiana. Um, And when you get down there, you know, when you especially you get into the French Quarter and Bourbon Street and that the culture and the atmosphere is just different. It's something that you can feel in the air. So being down there for a Saints game was my first time actually being there for a Saints game. And they just so happened to be playing the Raiders um, was bonkers, man and we were we were in there we were in our house raiders fans were you know just as, as numerous as saints fans almost felt like a home game um That's what's up. and you know where i sat um was a bunch of raiders fans around so it was a good time and, and you know saints fans are cool they you know they're all about having a good time they're passionate about their team just like we are but you know at the end of the day it's all love it's all fun so um yeah, definitely a, a crazy experience. Y'all know how that game ended. Uh, mm-hmm. psh, man, look, sitting in them stands, watching that last play. <laughs> Everybody, you can just kind of feel the buzz.
2: Oh, yeah.
3: You know, the Raiders fans are looking around like, are we actually going for two? What are we doing? And they were kind of stressed out. And I was just Memories, like, man. Memories, man. Memories
2: was, at this point. Woof. For Woof. sure, for sure. It
3: seems like. Ages ago, but it was a blast, man. I, anytime you get a chance to go down there, I definitely recommend it.
0: All right, all right. Well, since since our last two, uh since our last episode two weeks ago, we took a little break. Uh, the Raiders have hired John Pagano to be assistant head coach of the defense, which is kind of a weird title. Ryan, what do you think John Pagano brings to the table?
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I was talking to to my boy KP uh, at. KP underscore show uh, Kyle Kyle Posey, who's kind of the uh, he's he's one of the writers over at the uh, Bolts from the Blue, the uh, SB Nation, um, you know Chargers uh, Chargers outfit over there. Um, I haven't really had a chance to pick his brain too too much, but he he more or less kind of hinted at some uh, some frustrations, you know, within you know the scheme. I guess f- for the Raiders though, kind of let's let, let's wait to kind of dive into a, a little more detail. But I think I think on the surface, for me, the way I'm looking at this thing, man, is that Pagano's Pagano's got a lot more experience um, and a lot more to that resume than someone like Ken Norton Jr. and uh, and I, I guess for me, if I'm going to take it at face value right now, I'm kind of hoping that maybe the, the the trio of Jack Pagano and Ken in some capacity. I'm not even sure how this whole you know hierarchy is going to work anymore at this point, but I'm hoping that those three together uh, is going to maybe result in one. Uh, you know, competent, you know, strong, you know, you got the passion, you got the X's and O's. It's gonna kind of all come together and kind of form one, uh, good, you know, one good, solid, you know, coordinator and and obviously have a have a lot of input on on that side of the ball. So Pagano, I guess, I guess the jury's still out. I, I know a lot of Chargers fans were. Um, I'm not gonna say happy to see him go, but 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 they were, but they they, they definitely weren't upset about it. So I guess that that may or may not kind of speak for itself. So we'll see.
0: So, Nick, do you think that the hiring of John Pagano makes Ken Norton's leash a little bit shorter? Uh, Is John Pagano going to be breathing down homie's neck?
1: I'm not sure if it makes Ken Norton's leash any shorter, uh, just because his leash was probably already as as short as as you can possibly get while still being employed. Um, But as far as Pagano breathing down his neck, I think that's probably a safe thing to assume. I mean, my prediction before Pagano was even hired was that Ken Norton Jr. Uh, would, would get fired whenever the bye week may be, so I don't think the Pagano um, hiring changes that or, or moves that up any, but if uh, if Ken Norton Jr. does get fired, then I definitely think that Pagano um, would be looked at as like the defensive coordinator in, in waiting, as opposed to prior to Pagano being hired, Jack probably would take over the reins if, if Norton were let go. So I think maybe it changes it in that regard that that Pagano probably would be the one to take over.
0: Ryan, give me a couple uh, quick thoughts on the Pagano hiring. Um, You know, it's interesting to
3: me. Um, I think that I kind of like the idea of bringing somebody else in um, for Norton, but at the same time, um, I think that kind of creates a a little bit of tension, a little bit of a a situation where, um, you know, he, he... may not necessarily respond well to that so you know it could be that it's just another step towards getting him out of the door but uh you know i i ultimately i love it because it looks like we're progressing towards you know being the type of defense that we need to be
0: now before we talk about anything else uh i've got a bone to pick with marquette king (laughs) that dude went from maybe my favorite raider to my least favorite raider in one picture uh yeah he we all know what we all know what he did he he tweeted a picture with aqib talib uh making poking fun at the chain snatch um i just i don't get it like i i don't get it ryan what are your thoughts on this buffoonery
2: I, I put out a couple tweets uh, immediately after seeing that picture, and I quickly I quickly realized that I was in the 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 minority. Um, you know i I personally had a pretty good laugh at it. Uh, I'll be honest when when Crabtree got his chain snatched initially, uh, I had a pretty good laugh at it, man, because that's some shit that I've never seen. I did not know that shit was even possible. I didn't know Tlaib was coming after Boys Chain pr- prior to the game, so that the whole fucking scenario to me is still so weird, um, and I can't help but laugh. Um, with that said, uh, I guess I can understand folks that you know there's a ton of man. Twitter was Twitter was hot, bro. That 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 picture dropped. the The, the timeline was bubbling. People wanted. People wanted King traded. People wanted to. Oh, I
0: was ready to fight, yo, bro. I was
2: ready to fight. We had we had <laughs> we had emotions, bro. We had emotions everywhere. Um Raiders Twitter was was fed up. And I guess again, for me, being the minority, um, I I, I was sitting back kind of smiling. Um I, I guess it's cool to see maybe King bring light to the situation, but at the same time I can easily understand where people are, you know, questioning dudes loyalty um i think someone someone else jumped to my jumped to my mentions uh, and and mentioned something about uh crab uh michael crabtree was on ig live that night and people were asking him about the whole situation and, oh and, really and he had apparently he had no idea about it wow um, so <laughs> obviously that's that that's that's some shit that's going to come up between crabtree and king um whether that's true or not you know what i mean but um, obviously, a very weird situation for me. I don't take too much, you know i I kind of take it with the with, with with the grain of salt, yeah, a little bit fucked up at the same time you can't help but laugh at the entire just the entire situation
1: yeah man mark Marquette's uh, his his mentions were were in complete shambles i uh, I did a little search for his name, and ninety eight percent of probably what I saw was. People asking him to be cut or traded. It was wild. But <laughs> I want I to jump in here. So, uh, so Primetime Ryan here, he, uh, he wrote an article that was probably the – the most important piece of journalism we've had on JBB easily Easily, easily, about, about the significance of wearing a chain and the, uh, the disrespect that that coincides with having, you know, said chain snatched from you. So, so prime time, Ryan, here, I'll I'll give you the floor if you wanted to maybe elaborate for our listeners that, that haven't had a chance to uh, either read the article or maybe they just don't understand the importance of of what really went down here.
3: Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, For me, personally and i know a lot of people can attest to this um having your chain snatched is like the second most disrespectful thing that somebody can do to you <laughs> save for save for spitting in your face open hand slap is like a, a notch lower you know they can spit in your face they can snatch your chain they can say something bad about your mother you know, it's there's tears to it. But the reason that it's so significant is that it's basically a a a, a challenge to your manhood. Um in Texas is what we would call pulling somebody's whole card. Um all that means is that, you know, I've target you. I've targeted you. I think that you're soft, I think you're weak. And I'm gonna pull your chain and I don't think you're gonna do shit. They got about crap, him. man. They got and crap. And they got it, and they got him. And you know, honestly, I was I watched that. I had more of a visceral reaction to Crabtree getting his chain snatched than I did when Carr broke his leg. And I say that haphazardly, <laughs> but, but you got to understand. When, when Carr originally had the injury, it was like, uh, you know, you got to wait. Because you saw what he did to his pinky, put a glove back on, came back right. out through touchdowns, like no big deal. So you kind of – you kind of wait and see how the injury pans out.
1: You didn't realize the severity of it when it happened.
3: Exactly. A chain <laughs> snatcher? I saw that shit in slow motion. I saw the <laughs> chain links break. And, and I, my jaw just fell to the floor. And I was really, honestly, I was waiting. I was ready for Crabtree to get ejected. I was like, it's fine. You know, we'll pay, I will chip in and pay the fine. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Get, oh. get, get the
2: GoFundMe oh. fired but up. I will
3: definitely like stand on his behalf and you know serve the appeal and say look, man. but you know it's one of those. Forget things, a man.
0: GoFundMe. Forget a GoFundMe, dude. I I was on the phone with my shooters at the <laughs> Air Force Academy. Like, no, we're gonna meet this. Dude. We're gonna meet to leave. Out in it's, the parking lot, he I'm thinks saying, this is a game. I'm saying, and they're both, <laughs> uh, from you know Dallas. What I mean?
3: They're both from Dallas, so it's like I know y'all are gonna see each other in the off season. It's got to, there's got to be some, some sort of, some sort of interaction there. Um, crab can't go out like that, man. So King making fun of that is like absolutely no.
0: no. remember those uh, those 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 green lasers in mexico that that was me <laughs> homie i was calling my homies i was like we gotta get we gotta get brock out of here uh, <laughs> no i'm playing um uh, so we know how the fans feel about it we talked a little bit um about how it's gonna affect the locker room uh let's go to the uh let's go to the twitter questions robert j pfeiffer Wants to know if the Raiders will break in their uh next stadium with Marquette King, a punter from the draft or someone in free agency.
2: Yo, I did not I did not expect to be answering goddamn punter of punter <laughs> yeah. free agency. Yeah. <laughs> what Rob?
0: is happening right I'm, now? I
2: I'm, I'm a little I'm a little baffled right now, but to answer answer the homie Rob's question, man. Uh, nah, man, Marquette King still still on the team. Um, I, I would be surprised if this shit escalates to the point where my dude actually gets cut. Um, I imagine maybe maybe him and Crab gotta you know what I mean as as Ryan alluded to. Hopefully, you know have some have some words maybe now and settle this perhaps out of the locker room, away from the team. Um, get this shit behind them, but man, I would be personally a little bit surprised if this dude is cut or traded because of this shit. But what if
1: what if Crabtree snatches Marquette's chain? Would they would they then be square in that situation, or, or how does that work?
3: <laughs> um, you know what? Because because Marquette is not the original chain snatcher, I can't I don't necessarily this. know the fucking science behind this it, shit, bro. <laughs> I don't know how they'll square that one away. Um, honestly It's a chain reaction Jesus Absolutely
0: Christ, Absolutely no, no. No. All right <laughs> Moving on to the next question <laughs> Moving on to the next question uh, We actually have another question about Marquette King So I'm going to kill myself uh, No I'm just playing um, This is for Prime Prime time uh, You can answer this one Brewgod wants to know if Marquette King should catch the fade, as they say.
3: <laughs> um, I'll just say this. I'll just say this. In all of my years, I have never witnessed a chain snatching end peacefully. So <laughs> Again, I don't know how you adjudicate a situation where somebody is mimicking your chain snatching. But if it were me, if I were Michael Crabtree and my teammate did that, you got to see me. You gotta see.
0: <laughs> oh man! All right. You know what? Let' moving on from the punters. Uh, let's talk about the draft. You know, it's kind of exciting. The sh- okay, there we go. The okay. uh, the Shrine game, the Senior Bowl just passed. Which which punters?
1: Which punters stood out in the Shrine game? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah no. Hold on. Uh, hold on. Okay. No. 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 Uh, All right. <laughs> and, and this is kind of Ryan's Ryan's specialty. Ryan, who stood out to you? Who are your favorites?
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm actually. I was. Uh, I was really excited to see. First and foremost, my my boy Obi from the University of Connecticut, man, kind of kind of turned some heads, man. I remember uh, they were doing the weigh-ins, the weigh-ins on on day one, and you know the the timeline the timeline had some really interesting reactions when when my boy stepped up, six four, like two hundred plus. I, I forget what he what he weighed in at, but but everyone was like, "Yo, this dude is chiseled. This this dude is this dude is yoked. Like he's he's ready out here to to fly around and start hitting dudes." Uh, my boy Eddie Borsilli was down there, and Compton to to George Iloka, you know, playing playing for the Bengals. So so has that really tall, tall frame hitter man, and got and got some range. Um, the other kid uh, that a lot of people are talking about um, is is that dude Zay Zay Jones out of East Carolina, receiver who who had probably the the best showing down there. Um, and and again, I'm sure we'll, we'll get talking about it either today or you know the rest of the offseason. The Raiders certainly need some 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 wide receiver help. So anyone with hands is good is, is good by me, you know.
0: All right, Nick, give me the four one one on the uh on some of the players that the Raiders have been meeting with.
1: Yes, yeah, so I I was keeping tabs on on what Reggie and some of the scouts were up to, we got a, a handful of names that stood out in, in particular. Um, Zach Crockett actually met with uh, Miami cornerback Corn Elder, who uh, who's a guy that's definitely rising in, in popularity. Um, Boston College safety John Johnson since is another guy that the Raiders met with at the Senior Bowl. Kind of another big safety over six foot, two hundred pounds, something that that uh, Jack Del Rio, Reggie McKenzie like in their secondary. Um, Chattanooga defensive end, Keontae Davis, real big guy, 6'4, 270, definitely looks apart. He's someone that the Raiders met with. And then um, I saw that they also met with Isaac Asiata, who is an off- a, a guard from Utah. And then um, just to kind of add on what, what Ryan was saying with some senior bowl standouts, a lot of people were talking about Cooper Cup um, from Eastern Washington, kind of a slot receiver potential. And then one guy that I really like uh, is Russell Douglas, West Virginia corner. Um really, really deep cornerback draft and and he's someone that I think that we should definitely keep an eye on. He's a lanky corner. That's someone that I think Reggie will, will definitely have his eye on. So those are just a handful of names that either the Raiders were met with or I think maybe kind of fit the type of, of what we've seen drafted in the past.
0: All right, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the Raiders running back situation. Um depending on what happens with Latavius Murray, the Raiders may or may not be in the market for a running back Ryan, uh, even though this seems unlikely to happen, I wanted a, a take from a, a LSU alum. What are your thoughts on Leonard Fournette?
3: Uh, y'all know I got to gush about my Tigers, right? <laughs> um, Obviously, love Fournette. My issue here is this. Um, obviously, the op- the off- offense that he came from, not the best. Um, and that's putting it lightly. So I think it kind of limited it him in in limited some of the things that you can see from Fournette, he definitely flashed he definitely has the power he definitely has the speed um and i know ryan has kind of comped him to latavius murray in the past um i think he's a little bit different though man i think he's he's a a, more of a, a pure back and uh i think if you you know, once he, he translates to the pros and depending on what, you know, what type of offenses, offensive system he gets in, what type of rotation there is, um, I think you, you'll you see some of the same traits and some of the same things, uh, some of that same burst that he showed, you know, game in and game out with the Tigers.
0: Well, we got a resident running back hater in the house. Um, <laughs> Ryan, you've made it clear that you're not that high on our boy Fournette. Would you care to elaborate <laughs>
2: Man, I mean, first of all, y'all know me. Yeah, I mean, it's just I, I kind of this is some shit that I gotta work on within myself. You know, I kind of get into these into these moods where I kind of dig myself into these trenches, and I, I, I get a little stubborn about things. I did it with Latavius Murray, um, and 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 as as my boy Prime alluded to, man, I kind of see a lot of the same things with Leonard Fournette, and as such, man i'm 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 a little terrified man I, I i can't go through this shit again for me Fournette, i i think he's gonna test really well um don't, don't don't get me wrong he's not a bad running back in, in, in any sense of the any sense of the word you know i think i think is you know the size weight speed all that's gonna all that's gonna stand out he's he's gonna kill it at the combine i just get worried about what he does or or what he doesn't do rather you know in in, in, in the open field i'm not sure the hips are quite there the the feet are quite there. Yeah, we we've seen him run over you know defensive backs consistently. Um, that's because he's probably got 40, 50 pounds on these kids. So I'm I'm, I'm hoping he's going to end up running over these run over these dudes. I just think for for the running back class. Um, and again, we we lost a couple notable kids like you know Royce Freeman staying staying back at school and all that. Um, Nick Nick Chubb, et cetera, et cetera. Um, even still, the class is still so strong, so, so deep that I think the Raiders could afford to you know if for whatever reason fournette's there at twenty four I think the Raiders can afford to to pass on him and and land a kit a uh, land a kid later um you know i i think fournette would would probably end up fitting in and probably producing you know up to the you know up up to Murray's level if not a little bit better behind that offensive line but for me i just see i just see too many too many question marks especially you know um like i said in in, in the open field making Making defenders miss. Um, there's there's three or four other dudes that I would much 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 prefer over over him at least this, at at this at this stage in the game.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it, it remains to be seen if Fournette will be available at twenty four. But let's talk about some of the players that might be available at twenty four. Uh, Nick, you've been keeping up with some mock drafts. Which uh, which players are you? Uh, or which players are analysts uh, projecting that the Raiders take at that twenty four slot?
1: Yeah, I've been kind of keeping tabs on some of the more well-known analysts like Mel Kiper, Matt Miller, those dudes. Um, so Mel Kiper, in, in a recent mock, had the Raiders taking Malik McDowell, uh, defensive tackle, out of Michigan State. Matt Miller, Bleacher Report. Uh, had Dalvin Cook go into the Raiders, which I think is the most interesting of the the other ones that I'm going to talk about because I would be curious to know whether or not um, Dalvin would even be on on Oakland's board, Uh, probably more on that later. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Network, uh, has the Raiders taken Tease Tabor in his most recent mock draft, someone I'm I'm definitely very high on, kind of an early favorite for me, cornerback out of Florida, um, really well-rounded. Uh, ball skills definitely can locate the ball and can play on it. Something that the Raiders, um, you know, haven't had have the luxury of in the secondary for for quite some time now. Uh, two more: uh, Led Zerlin, NFL Network has them taking Caleb Brantley, defensive tackle, Florida. Um, Zach Cunningham uh, is who Dane Brugler, CBS Sports, has the Raiders taking in his most recent mock he put out, I think, yesterday. I think Cunningham was kind of a big name early in the process, and I think he's kind of cooled down. I think Gerard Davis is a little bit more the flavor of the month right now for linebacker, uh, as opposed to Zach, was was a couple weeks ago. So that's kind of where the the big five analysts have Oakland in in their most recent mocks, most of which came out in the last week.
0: Uh, Ryan, who who do you want to see uh, taken in the first round by the Oakland Raiders? You got any favorites?
3: Man, <clears throat> I don't care what we do, what we have to do, who we have to smack, who we yeah. have to rob. We need an inside linebacker, so give me whoever the best available linebacker at that part at at twenty four is. Um, you know, whose chain that Reggie has to snatch? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, send send Raleigh down there. You know, send the twin brother down there to to rough somebody up. We we need somebody in the middle of that defense, man. Um, I think it'll make a world of difference. So
1: would you you would make a trade up for like Ruben Foster? Let's say if he's there at maybe like twelve or something, because he's not going to fall all the way to twenty four.
3: He won't. Um, and you know, I don't. Obviously, I don't think Reggie is is. He values his picks, right? So he's not. I don't think he's looking to trade up. Um, but Ruben's the man, as much as it pains me to admit. Um, I know I don't, I don't have no love for Bama. Uh, but, um, you know, Ruben's the man. So if they can find a way to, to snag him and it makes sense, I'm here for
2: it.
0: Well, let's talk about the players that the Raiders won't be taking. Uh, are there any any notables that you can think of?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah the, uh, the homies over at Setting the Edge. That's, uh, that's Chuck McDonald. Uh, Justice Muscata, how the hell you pronounce on <laughs> Tommy's last name? They got a uh, they they got a huge huge following over there, man. Two two of the brightest draft minds that I that I personally follow. Uh, they were down in in, uh, in 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 Mobile for the uh, for the Senior Bowl, and they had uh, Optimum Scouting founder Eric Galco on on the pod. Eric, uh, I don't know him personally, but from what from what I understand, obviously a pretty connected dude, well liked dude. So when when he talks and has information, people tend to listen. He he dropped some story last year about Connor Cook that that blew up. I guess he had Connor Cook's mom calling him because he he slandered <laughs> he slandered uh you know Connor's name and shit what? like that. So he's got some sort of connect at Michigan State that keeps giving him these 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 nuggets so to speak. And and he and he had he had this whole little little page of of just notable stuff on Malik McDowell. Man, basically uh, just kind of ostracized in. in, in in that locker room, in that in that town, uh, on that campus. Uh kind of a bit of a head case, you know. Um apparently he's he's more or less been checked out for the past couple seasons, just has his eye obviously on on the league and whatever's ahead for him and only him. Um basically decided, you know, what play, you know, called his own plays, decided when to play, when not to play. Essentially everything that you don't want in a player. Uh, this dude Malik McDowell, you know, kind of kind of embodies. Um, again, for me, a player that I was pretty content with at at 24 prior to hearing all this. I did notice some flashes of of, of inconsistency on the on the tape, and obviously hearing about him taking plays off kind of kind of makes sense. You know, he kind of plays whenever he wanted to, so you, you you definitely see him flash here and there, and then a couple series later, he's nowhere to be seen. So, not not a player if, if if all that stuff is true again Galco pretty a pretty credible dude. So if all that stuff really really holds up, definitely not not a player that I'm that I'm considering in in the in the first round.
0: We said we weren't gonna talk about it uh the last time we were on, but in light of what has happened in the last twenty four hours, I think it's pretty relevant. Um so basically <laughs> Uh, basically, Vegas is dead in the water. Um, uh, what What's the dude's name? Al, Al-
2: Shaden. Yeah, Sheldon a- Adelson. Right?
0: G- g- lay, lay, <laughs> Al- whatever his name is. Um, uh, he, he bailed uh, straight up, said he doesn't want any parts. He wants no parts. And uh, they were talking about Goldman Sachs uh, possibly being a part of the deal, but Goldman Sachs is out as well. Um, Nick, <laughs> what's going on?
1: That pretty much sums it up. I mean, you can I'd say I could say you probably put this rumor six feet under because I mean Mark Davis blew it. And as far as what went wrong, uh, my understanding of it is that Mark and Adelson couldn't agree to terms. I mean, they've been negotiating for like what a year now, and couldn't come to to terms. I mean, presumably whatever Adelson was asking for in return of his his loan his investment was more than Mark was willing to agree with. You know, that's probably ownership in the team, some sort of stake, I, I would guess. So Mark, Mark Davis here, um, tried to be slick, thinking he doesn't need Adelson to get this deal done. So when Mark presents a lease agreement, um, which, by the way, he was trying to get the Raiders to pay $1 rent per year, um, he didn't even have Adelson on, on, the, on the thing at all, not even on the agreement. Which I guess infuriated Adelson. He guess um, he felt like he was blindsided. And then Marks thinks that he can go run over to Goldman Sachs without Adelson's help. And then what does Goldman Sachs do? Well, if Adelson's not involved, they're not going to get involved. So now this guy's left with no investors and pretty much a, a dead deal. So he's well, that is so
2: that is so Mark Davis. That is so Raiders, man. It's I know, so right? He's
1: he's upset Adelson. He upset Goldman Sachs. The governor isn't happy. UNLV isn't happy. So yeah, it's uh, isn't looking good. Although Vic Tafer, he's saying that the deal isn't quite dead, just because you know a lot of money to put potentially be made, and I guess you can never count out that fact. But I mean, it seems like it's dead in the water pretty much by by most accounts here.
0: Fellas, we we got a homeless ass team, bro. Our <laughs> our team is homeless. We're we're five. we're twelve and four. We
1: got a franchise quarterback. Franchise pass rusher, no one wants us.
0: And we're playing football in a parking lot is what is happening right now. Hey, you know what?
3: You know what? What was our record on the road this oh, year? Oh, that's true. I say fuck it. Just be a, a perpetual road team. <laughs> Every game's a road game. And
0: yeah, you know what? Let's just do all – let's play all the games on the road. Let's do it.
3: All black jerseys.
0: Have the, have the league spot us. All right. Uh, We got a couple more questions from Twitter uh, about the stadium situation. The homie 510-Lewis307 wants to know, with Adelson out, uh, does it breathe life back into the Oakland deal?
1: By process of elimination, I mean, I suppose it it breathes life back into the Oakland deal. Uh, But, I mean, the the fact of the matter is that Oakland hasn't presented a a viable offer yet either. Um, But I guess the one thing that's interesting to me is that with Adelson and Goldman Sachs both bailing on, on this Vegas deal, the Raiders said that they will up their contribution to Vegas to one point one five billion as well as paying operating costs. So what I think is going to happen is that if the Raiders are saying they're going to make that contribution to Vegas, the NFL is going to sit here at the owners' meeting and say, why don't you make that same contribution towards Oakland? And then any combination of the Ronnie Lock group, the city of Oakland, and or the NFL can probably pitch in whatever else is needed to get a deal done, and they'll probably make that happen. My, my prediction this whole time has kind of been the same. I think that we'll end up with a series of one-year deals at the Coliseum until the A's get their new stadium built by Jack London. The Warriors get their stadium built um, in San Francisco and then demolish the Coliseum site. The Raiders probably going to play in Levi Stadium for two or three seasons while the the existing Coliseum site is is being rebuilt, Uh, which could be a good thing in that case. I mean, having to wait that long is going to be unfortunate, but perhaps the Raiders, if they can get the Oracle land, um, you know wipe out that area and they could probably move the headquarters there the practice facility there or if not that you know they could do additional parking parking garage a hotel retail maybe whatever you want to do over there if they can get all that land so definitely a lot of potential if they can wait it out that long if the Coliseum doesn't fall apart by then um, but yeah I, I, to answer the question yeah I think it does breathe life back into the Oakland deal but again just by simply by process elimination
0: uh man, that timeline you gave me was pretty depressing because that that puts the the Raiders in a new stadium in like the year like twenty thirty or some shit. So, <laughs> Give okay. a we're gonna be wearing spacesuits <laughs> by then. What the fuck? Twenty thirty. <laughs> All right, we got another question. Uh, from Poncho Duran Eight, he's asking uh, if San Diego will be in the mix as a possible landing spot for the Raiders.
3: God, I hope not. <laughs> God, I hope not. I, I I mean, I can't see it. Um, obviously I'm not an expert. I don't know, you know, how everything is going to shake out, but, um, you know, if San Diego couldn't and wasn't willing to pony up, you know, for a stadium for their own team, I I don't see what makes the Raiders any different. So.
1: Yeah, they had their own team there for over 50 years. They wouldn't pony up for them. They're not about to offer up public money for a division rival to move to town. And I guess Mark Davis and San Diego officials have already spoken, which is the most predictable thing of all time. Mark about to use another leverage ploy. Um but yeah, there's there's no chance of this one happening. I gave it less of a chance than I gave Vegas, which I think I gave a zero percent chance originally. So <laughs> that's about where where we stand.
0: All right. Well, prime time. As someone who is outside of the bay uh, outside of the Bay Area, what are your thoughts on the stadium situation? Where do you, where do you want to see the Raiders end up?
3: Um, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity to travel out to the Bay um a couple of times over the past couple of years. Um, love it out there. I love the community. Um, just love being out there. I love the energy on game day. I'd love to see the Raiders stay in Oakland. Um, but you know, they have to have somewhere to play. They have to have somewhere to, to call their home and it has to be presentable and it has to, you know, the facilities have to be at least up to some standards. You know, I'm, I'm of the opinion that you don't need to build a $1.9 billion stadium, but you know, make something that, that, represents Oakland and it's nice and and kind of, you know, uplifts the city. Um I definitely love to see them stay though a-
0: Yeah, I mean, you got the Raiders don't need a huge stadium. I mean, you got the Chargers playing in my high school basketball gym, so like like <laughs> you know. <what> I mean? <laughs> but we have a few more questions before we finish up this episode. Uh David Ma said he saw fans saying the Raiders shouldn't extend Amari Cooper. And he just wants to know why this fan base is so ungrateful. <laughs> Ryan, you take this one. <laughs> he he must be new here. He must be new here.
2: <laughs> Yo, I need a list. I need a list of ads, bro. I need to know who's who's saying such such nonsense, man. That's just it's ridiculous. Anyone tweeting some tweet some shit like that about about Cooper, man. I mean, I don't I don't care if you didn't like him pre draft, you know, past couple years, whatever. I mean. Anyone, anyone tweeting that shit is obviously just looking. Can, at can get their chain snatched. <laughs> anyone, anyone tweeting that shit can definitely get their definitely get their chain snatched. Um, well, it's Steph. just, it's just that's just that's just trolling, man. That's just trolling at its finest. So you got to pay shit like that no mind.
0: All right, next question. Uh, Child seventy nine asks, who is the better signing? JPP, uh, Kalis Campbell, Melvin Ingram, Ryan. You take this one.
3: Oh man, um, you know you can never have too many edge rusher, rushers. Um, I'd love to see JPP in the fold. I know we've talked about the death in, lineup and his,
0: in his seven fingers.
3: Hey, you know so his seven fingers are better than you know what Johai Ward is doing with ten. So <laughs> touche,
0: that's true, that's true. He so, better get blocked. Geez.
3: bro. <laughs> you know what? He hasn't blocked me yet. I'm I'm surprised, but dude. Uh, it's coming it's coming bro (laughs) he's he's gonna be listening tomorrow but um yeah man i mean (sighs) assuming we get you know who back i don't even want to say his name but you know you add you add (laughs) you add that that guy into the fold that's something nasty so out of those three guys
0: you know i I think that would be the, the route to go all right one more question from dan wilkins the homie uh he wants to know well, who, the, who will the next, who will the slot receiver be? Um, Are we going to get him from the free agency, the draft? Nick, you got anybody in mind?
1: Ooh, that's that's a tough one just because, I mean, obviously between each round and free agency, just so many different options to, to choose from. Um, from the draft, uh, Corey Davis, I think, is a popular name if he's there at 24. That, that's someone that... You know, really might be the best player available if he falls that far. And he, he might because he, he's got an ankle injury and he could miss the combine. And, and historically, you know, that, that hurts draft stock a little bit. So something to keep an eye on there. Um, John Ross, um, Connor Cut zay jones a handful of receivers to keep an eye on um i'll probably actually up pass this one to uh to ryan here because i know he likes curtis samuel a lot and i, I think ryan switzer as well um but curtis samuel is definitely i think probably my my odds on favorite as to who i would like to see the most just kind of a, dy- a dynamic option who can play a little tailback as well so that's uh, probably my my pick um you got you got any extra stuff on on samuel or switzer
2: Nah, man. I mean, you hit, you hit, you hit on all the names. I mean, for me, man, Curtis Samuel, he is, um, I I know I've tweeted a handful of times for me. He's, he's, he's Percy Harvin, man, but he's, he's better. He's, you know, he doesn't got any of the, any of the migraine, any injury type issues, off the field type issues. So Curtis Samuel is a ridiculous, ridiculous athlete. I know, I know people are still kind of questioning whether you play him at running back or a wide receiver for me. Um, when when I've seen him on the field and 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 he left a ton of balls um, at at Ohio State just because J T Barrett wasn't 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 very good um, uh, for for a lot of the time. So this this dude for being a a part time you know running back part time uh, you know wideout. This dude was running his routes better than than most full better than most full time wideouts. So Curtis Hammond man I'm I'm drafting him as as early as as 24 um, and then again. My dude, uh, Ryan Ryan Switzer, uh, North North Carolina kid, um, a bit short, but uh, but man, you know he's got he's but got he's, he's gritty. He, exactly, I was just gonna say, man, he's got all <laughs> sneaky athletic. Yeah, he's got all the white stereotypes, he's man. Got you got that know, motor. Uh, you know, first in, first in, last out, gritty. He's got he's, he's got high football man. IQ. High football IQ. So yeah, definitely, definitely two, definitely two of my favorites, man.
0: Cool, cool. Well, I think that'll do it for this week's episode. Uh, thanks to our special guest, Primetime Ryan. It was uh, fun having you on. Yes, sir. Uh, hey, man. Thanks for having come, me. Come back anytime. Y'all are awesome.
1: Before we wrap up, we got the Super Bowl, and you guys, any fellas got Super Bowl addictions? So oh, what, what do we got? I want to hear it. <sighs>
2: fuck the patriots
0: yeah absolutely absolutely absolutely. but hey you know what what would what would be more beautiful than atlanta getting the patriots the fuck out of here on the super bowl bro (laughs) because man
1: 40-0 atlanta
0: dude they're looking pretty unstoppable (laughs) right now bro they're looking pretty good
3: you know what i'm i'm all in favor i'm all in favor of that but I do have to mention this. As much as I detest the Patriots, y'all know I hate the Patriots. I, oh, they're going really really to be fantastic. I don't think Roger Goodell either. So I think it would be pretty hilarious to see him have to hand the trophy to to Brady and Belichick after the whole deflate gate thing. I agree. I mean, think, about, think about the crying Jordan memes. They're going to have. Oh, my God. they going to have. So <laughs> many of them, They're yeah. going to have him just right on Front Street. So,
0: All right. <laughs> All right, we are we done now? Are we? Are we, are we ready will do it. Go, all right. That'll do it for this week's episode.
1: <laughs> that'll <laughs> do it.
0: You know what, guys? You know what? I'm about I'm about to just hang up. I'm about to I'm just gonna hang up. <laughs> that'll do it. All right, that'll do it for this week's episode. <laughs> oh, there, the he, there he goes. He did it again. He can't not do it. I can't not do it, and that'll do it. <laughs> 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 Follow us along on iTunes and spot and wait wait, wait no nope. 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 <laughs> follow us along on itunes soundcloud but not spotify because we are we'll not yet. on spotify we'll stitcher uh, Stitcher, google play yeah hold stitcher on. google play um there nope. you go
1: but,
0: but still, still not, not spotify no. one day
1: we'll be on there
0: <laughs> uh follow us along on twitter at just blog baby. we done
1: Think that's it. Uh, shout out to to Primetime Wine at Primetime R Y N E, our special guest today. Thanks for coming on, sir. Help that man out.
3: Absolutely. Follow at your own peril. If you can't fight, tuck your chain in, man. Don't don't get caught slipping out <laughs> here.
0: As as the Wu Tang clan says, protect your neck.
3: Words to live by, bro. Signing off. Protect your neck, absolutely.
2: <laughs> we out.